I'm Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. Hey, Nikki. So what about some perspective taking and how that affects all of our lives? I think this is really important to talk about. We've mentioned it a lot of times. And, you know, you and I were just saying, I can't believe we haven't done an episode on this yet. I mean, how many times do we say that? (laughs) We say say it a lot. That's going to get old. Well, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. Um, Well, I think it's a good example of how everything is like interwoven. You know, it's like a pulley system. But yeah, this is we need to talk about this today because perspective taking is a really essential behavior, actually, for well-being and our relationships. Yes. Well, and it's. It, 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 especially for relationships, like you said, I guess we'll, we'll bring in maybe some examples of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, welcome listeners. And so today we're going to introduce the behavioral aspects of perspective taking. I don't know actually what the Eastern most, I guess we'll see what, what arises as we talk <laughs> about that. I'm not sure how the East will meet the West in that, in that category, uh-huh. uh, but maybe, or maybe you'll give us some nuggets of uh, knowledge around that. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I was going to say, I think um, I bet you what's maybe going to kind of arise is it's sort of like why we talk about this uh, lovely uh, uh, partnership between uh, behaviorism and Eastern spirituality, because it is a perspective, perspective taking is a behavior, right? It's a covert behavior though. That is something that's involved, I think, in a lot of the practices um, like in Buddhism, for example. So maybe that's not the language that's used, but I'm I'm sure you'll have lots to say. (laughs) It's also annoying word to type, but (laughs) if for anyone out there is not a strong typer like myself, but um, so perspective is a particular attitude toward or way of regarding something. It's a point of view. Mm-hmm. So the way we think about it today, and maybe I'll, I'll th- uh, ask you, Nikki, like mm-hmm. how you define it with clients, but uh, is looking at how our worldview, that's the way that I kind of I, yeah. I formulate it is like it's perspective is the way in which you see the world. And there's no one right way to see the world right. yet. We all see the world world from a different perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's um, maybe I'll add like another way to say it. It's, it's a vantage point. Yes. Right. It's a vantage point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, when I'm talking about it, uh, in therapy, I mean, I, of course, again, just, as I just said a moment ago, I explain it is a, it's a behavior that we can cultivate and learn to do. And it's a covert behavior. No one can see you perspective take it's happening mm-hmm. inside your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, yeah, you're, you know, sort of the simplest way to put it, I'll say is it's the old, like putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Yes. Like that's what you're doing. Um, well, so then how I'm thinking, as you're saying that is like, what's the difference then so it's in some way perspective is also it's it's empathy. You you were literally reading I can't, my mind. I can't yeah, you are, you were literally reading my mind. Yeah, guys, well, it's, our producers did not do this. <laughs> the the magic of psychic communication here. Uh, or telepathy. Um yeah. so yeah, well it's it's uh it's required for empathy, I think is what we I see. Say. Yes. Right? It's that I would sort of say that cuz empathy you know, we've talked about this before. Empathy is also about, it's like feeling what uh, somebody else is feeling as if it's yeah. happening to you. Right. And perspective taking is is the behavioral component of yes. putting yourself um, in someone's vantage point. So that, that isn't necessarily, uh, it's not limited to just feelings. It's also, in, you know, incorporates, you know, uh, <laughs> perspective uh, thoughts and yeah. sort of like even sort of like visualizing what someone might be experiencing. It might actually be important to differentiate them because then really I would say perspective is more like sympathy then. So just for listeners, when we differentiate sympathy from empathy, empathy is being able to truly feel someone else's emotions, whereas sympathy is being able to observe or acknowledge or validate one's emotions. 
Sure. So I think that 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 would be, so that's maybe an example of perspective taking is required for both of those practices, exactly. right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's just that empathy isn't equivalent to perspective taking, right? It's like a perspective taking is necessary to practice empathy. It's, it's also necessary to practice sympathy. It's also yep. necessary to practice um, even, you know, I feel like you're gonna laugh when I say this, cause I'll use the example that comes to my mind, even like, um, like spatial relations. If you're trying to imagine if, you know, what, like if I'm imagining what Pete is viewing right now, looking at the screen, it requires mm-hmm. perspective taking on my part, like That's right. putting myself in his shoes. Like what would he be looking at through his own eyes? Yes. Um, so, you know, I, I bring up that example because, uh, you know, <laughs> I think about sort of like psych 101, like when, yeah. when we're, you know, and if anybody's out, out there took, you know, undergrad psych or was a psych major, you know, a lot of times you'll learn about uh, Piaget, who mm-hmm. was a, a developmental psychologist, and one of the um, probably definitely going to mess up uh, the stages of development here. But the stage that's like age three to five is it pre-operational stage? I think is what it's called. Sensory motor pre-operational. Operational. Okay, pre- okay, pre-operational. Yeah. My brain is serving me well. Okay, so it's, it always does. Who are you kidding? <laughs> well, not it's not not hundred percent here. Um, no. But the pre-operational stage is is one of the things that um, a a child at that age actually doesn't have a lot of perspective taking capability. And so there's this famous study where they have a kid. You just read, you read my mind. I I did. Okay. So I I just wrote down here developmental. Oh, you did. Amazing. Egocentrism. Go ahead. Yeah. Egocentrism. Yeah. So basically what it is, is there's a study where it's like, you have a kid kind of like sitting in front of not a diorama, but like a little, like imagine like a train set. (laughs) (laughs) Diorama (laughs) anymore. I love it. You just said that. (laughs) I used to love making diaramas. Of anyway, course of course I did. Of course I did. So, <laughs> but imagine like a train set or something like that. And, and yeah. imagine like on one side of the train set, there's a lake. And on the other side, there's, there's a mountain. And it would be like, if the kid's sitting on the side with the lake, looking at the mountain and the researcher is sitting on the side with the mountain, you can ask the, the child that's ages three to five, what, like, what does the researcher see? And what they'll usually, the kid will usually say is their own perspective. They'll say right. the researcher sees the mountain right, right. when it's like, no, the researcher sees the lake. And right. so with, as the brain develops, then the brain is able to perspective take and say, no, the research, the researcher sees, sees the lake instead. And so, yes. um, perspective, so, so perspective taking it, it is, um, it's a behavior, but we're, that also does, uh, it is affiliated with certain stages of development. Like when we're younger, we can't do we it. Don't have well. it. Right. Yeah. We don't have it. Yeah. Well, so just to clarify, so, uh, sensory motor pre-operational, I said operational was concrete, then formal. I, for, I thought there was a pre and then operate, but the, so, and it's, oh, it's from, not pre oh, Okay. No, 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 it is pre So sensory motor is from birth to like two years old, zero to two, three yeah. to five pre-operational, uh, yeah. two to seven for pre-operational, seven. Oh, my bad. seven to 11 for concrete. And then adolescence is formal. And this is why, like, I think it's important for listeners. Like if you have kids around these age, that's why it's like, if you get annoyed at your child because they don't see that you're hurting or that you're stressed mm-hmm. out, or it's not that they don't care or that they're like apathetic. It's because their brain actually can't. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're saying that. It, that it's interesting because um, that is something that I end up talking about patients quite a bit. Of course. Because, yeah. yeah, exactly that. And, I'll, and I'm, then I'll use the language. I'll say they cannot perspective take, That's or right. I'll say even when they're older, like, so an adolescent think about, you know, it, listeners, like when you were younger, 
you know, we've talked a lot on here about how when we're younger, we think more linearly, right? Mm-hmm. And we're more sort of black and white in our thinking. Well, that's the antithesis of perspective taking, right? right? Like, so you, cause your focus is just on your perspective. And so even though, for example, adolescents uh, are, they have the capability to perspective take more than a, a five-year-old can. Right. They're still not as skilled as someone who's 30, for example, right? right? Exactly. Their brain isn't done growing. Right. So, you know, it's both something that is, um, it's gonna get better with age, and perspective taking is a behavior we can become stronger at, we can cultivate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and over time, I guess that's part of, the, you know, the thing I've been noticing, I'm saying more and more is like, what are you doing to exercise your brain? Mm, and the yeah. brain has to be exercised. Yeah, totally. How else is it going to learn how to do that? And that, and, and that's not just like getting cut off and trying to imagine that the person that just cut you off is stressed while you're driving or having a bad day or just lost someone they love. Sure, you know, sure. I think that's that like positive toxic toxicity. Po- around some oh, of po- this. Po- uh, toxic positivity. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I reversed it. <laughs> no, I love that. I, love that. I like that too. Tom. What did I say? You said positive toxicity, which oh. I also like. Just harder to say. It's just it harder. was hard to say. That's harder to say. It. Yeah. I wanted to help you say it. Thank you. Crazy. Yeah. I, I appreciate you. Uh, and so it, you can't always just be like, oh, let me change my perspective because this person just hurt my feelings. Let me just understand where they came from. You know, it's just that it's the, and what I find is as I've exercised my brain through the practice of mindfulness, I'm able to just do this organically, you know, where I'm less affected when, you know, because because some of the research shows that perspective taking will directly affect mood, you know. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think, yeah. you know, and I appreciate what you're saying. Pete, though, I think I would gently challenge and say, I don't, I don't necessarily think you're doing it organically. I think you're, again, it's like the muscles stronger. So it's well, still yes. effortful. Right. right. And, and the reason I want to clarify that is I think sometimes, you know, people will say, why, why is this so hard? Right. <laughs> you know? And it's like, well, it just like, if you go back to exercise, if you're a weightlifter and you can like bench press a hundred pounds, you know, if you've been doing that for a long time, they don't do it like with ease. It's not like, oh, wait, like, you know, bench pressing hundred pounds is the same as lifting five pounds. Like, no, it's very effortful, but you have the muscle to do it. Right. So it doesn't drain you necessarily in the same way that, you know, if you never lifted hundred pounds before. Right. 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 Your brain so, is a little exercised at it. Yep. Yeah. Your brain's exercised at it. Um, you know, so and actually also something you just said, I think is important to highlight, which you said, you know, it's not just about like you're driving, someone cuts you off and you're like, oh, that person might be having a bad day. You, you could do that. Right. But I think again, perspective taking it, it just, all it means is, is putting yourself at different vantage points, yes. right? Like just trying to understand. And so it, it, yes, it can be having compassion. Again, compassion also requires perspective taking mm-hmm. though. It, it doesn't have to be that it's just saying, my vantage point isn't the only vantage point. That's right. Right. There are infinite vantage points and putting yourself even like that's why I like the example of uh the the Piaget study, right? Because it you can even think of it like in a spatial relations way, right? It takes of course. Effort. right. If you're like whoever, you know, if you're if you're sitting in your house right now, imagine putting yourself on the other side of the room and and what would you be viewing from that vantage point that right. takes effort, right? Yes. That's perspective taking. We can do it in all kinds of ways. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I think maybe you would talk, I mean, do you help people see this through cognitive distortions or, you know, kind of what some of the approaches that you might take around helping people exercise their muscle towards perspective taking? Uh, well, I mean, I think, look, I think any, um, I think any kind of process where you are, talking about different 
um, experiences other than one's own gives you the opportunity to practice this. So, so yes. certainly in psychotherapy, we're doing that, right? Um, mindfulness, of course, I always share with people like that behavioral practice is going to help increase mm-hmm. flexibility. So that's going to help. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't say I don't go after cognitive distortions. I more, I'm asking people like it's be- more behavioral, right? Like what, what might that person's experience be, be in this situation? Like if they're mad right. at their partner for something. I'll say, okay, if you were in that situation, if the roles were flipped, right. Yeah, yeah. How would you feel? Right. right. Um, you know, or what would you do or what would you do? Right. Yeah. Uh, but, but so I think it's more about just the practice of putting yourself in someone else's shoes, which it's like, we can even practice that. For example, when we read, um, when we read literature, like I read a, a, a like a, like an article that was talking about there's some, st- I'm not familiar with the study, the study, the article is referencing a study that people that read a lot of fiction mm. have increased levels of empathy. Oh, interesting. Because you're putting the reading more fiction, creative. Well, not so much more creative. It's about perspective taking. You have to put yourself in the character's shoes, right? Well, like you're private, right. Which I guess. Well, I think creative. fiction is more creative because like if it's, you know, in my perspective, because I never really, I never really enjoyed reading fiction as much as nonfiction. Uh, sure. Fair. And and look, maybe if you were reading like memoir nonfiction, that would be, That's, but, but it's more right. about the character. It's more about Got being it. in the mind of somebody yes. It's more for, to that point. So it's yeah. like, so so that's how that's so when I'm talking about it therapeutically, it's like I'm just I'm literally asking people. To All right. Me. I got one to stump you. Tell me. I think I'm going to stump you. But like, let's say you're trying to perspective take with someone who's being irrational. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like, they're really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just uh, leave it there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you're going to laugh. Doesn't stop me because that. Um, so what I would say is another way of saying that would be somebody who's really rigidly attached to their own perspective. Yeah. And <laughs> the reason that doesn't stop me is that that's usually what happens in therapy, right? That's usually mm-hmm. because, because that's where humans, that's where we lie. So I, uh, not lie, telling lies. I mean, that's where we find ourselves. Where we Well, fall. I knew what you meant. Yes. Yes. Well, to I clarify for listeners. Too. Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, it goes back to like, I'm going to validate them. I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to perspective take, actually, I'm going to understand why they're so stuck. I'm going to acknowledge their perspective and then I'm going to try different avenues. Right. That might. And I think the one that tends to help a lot of people is when ask, start with asking themselves, like put themselves in the situation. So it's like, like I said, like if you're mad at your partner about something, flip the roles. If it was yeah. happening to you, how would you feel? I don't know. Yeah. What, what about you? What do you tend to do? Yeah, same. I think the yeah. that that helps. Um, I, um, I mean, I, I guess where I'm like, sometimes you do like family or couples work, mm-hmm. you'll have that in the room. Like it's, mm-hmm. I find this is easier to do when you're one-on-one. Yeah. But yeah. when you have yeah. the actual like, you know, disconnect or the diff, different perspectives in the same room. It's, it is challenging. So I think yes. for listeners, like this is not an easy thing to overcome by any means. Like this is really, really, really challenging. Well, and it's really challenging when we're feeling intense emotion um, or we believe yeah. something uh, very passionately, right? Because we know intense emotion and, you know, uh, beliefs we're really attached to, again, that's going to narrow perspective. We're going to get more yeah. righteous, more rigid, more linear. I was just about thinking things. of like our righteousness. Episode. Yeah. And our righteousness, I think we called it righteousness and rigidity because those we things did. go together. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's really important what Pete's saying. It's really hard to perspective take, especially when we really disagree with somebody or yeah. we feel, you know, really angry about something. And 
the more we practice it, what do we do? Like, I guess this is important to say. So when we practice perspective taking, um, it is going to be a, a part of being more psychologically flexible, yes. right? Yes. And what do we know? We've said it many times here. Psychological flexibility is highly correlated with psychological well-being. It's yes. the, the research around is very robust in that mm-hmm. regard. So I think that's something listeners can think about it, that if, you know, even though it's really hard to do, just like exercising your, you know, going lifting weights and you exercise your brain, you practice perspective taking, yeah. it is going to actually contribute to your own psychological wellness. Yes. Yeah, that's great. You know, and so I, what comes to me as we're speaking of, to bring in some of the Eastern stuff, it just yes, came to, it came to yeah. me. I, we, I had, and we knew, we knew it would. Yeah. yeah you knew it would. I did. <laughs> um, but I, I feel that the teaching that I've worked a little bit on is like no self. And so there's a teaching in the Eastern traditions that there is no self, you know, yep. so philosophically you learn like there's no I, mm-hmm. there's no, you know, so as a pronoun, I, me as mm-hmm. a person, my identities. Mm-hmm. And so no self requires perspective because it requires that flexibility to understand that like, I'm not even in an argument. Yes. Say more. I mean, I, I, I like this concept quite a bit, though yeah. it is probably one of the most difficult concepts 100%. to, to um, connect with. So can yeah. you say a little bit more about why those things are interrelated? Cause I, I'm going to guess there's a lot of listeners uh, going like, what do you mean? What do you mean? There's no I, <laughs> right? Well, you know, I, if, if we think we're going to get that done in the next couple of minutes before we wrap up, uh, you know, I think that's just not a tall, uh, little bit of a tall order. That's a tall yeah. order because it's something that like, so if I've been studying this for like 15 years ish, I still don't fully get it. I get yeah. it intellectually, but I don't always feel it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? And so there are like non-self theory. There's a, um, a mandala model of self. There are a couple teachings around, mm-hmm what this means. And it's often, and in the Eastern tradition, they will teach about ego, right? Uh, you know, and how the ego is that which is involved. And so if I'm having, you know, again, I think we're looking at the negative behavioral stuff. So if I'm having an argument with somebody, sure, if sure. I am feeling unhappy in my skin for whatever reason, mm-hmm. that's often related to how I'm seeing myself, how I'm thinking I'm being seen by somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, that ego piece of it. Um, or also like accomplishments, like, you know, um, the ego is what kind of drives some people to accomplish. So, you know, to, to achieve a high office in the company or to achieve a high office in politics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the, the, these theories of non-self mean that none of that actually, and that's attachment to self, right, right. attachment to accomplishment. Yes. And, and we know this universal experience of suffering is caused by attachment. Right. And, and so maybe like, and it's attachment, maybe I could say to like the concept of self, like if we use, you know, an acceptance right. and commitment therapy, you know, which obviously borrows very heavily from um, Eastern traditions, right. We actually say that folks can get, there's an attachment to the conceptualized self, which is yes. really what, what Pete's describing, yep. which is going to get in the way of looking at other perspectives because you're originally attached to your own. I I do think it's important before we end, I don't think we can end this conversation without talking about mentalization, um, which is, 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 is similar and, and also um, related to sort of um, some of the understanding and research around folks that are on the spectrum, which I know you have more knowledge about than, than I do. Um, But mentalizing is a term you might, you know, also come across, which is um, again, it's, it's, it is also perspective taking. It's another name for it. Like there's even a therapy called mentalization based therapy. I've never heard of that. Oh, you haven't? No. Um, uh, Fonagy and Bates. So um, smart. It's, 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 it's used, um, 
Oh, with, Fonagy, uh, yeah, from 1998, yeah, 2002. Yeah, with, the with, capacity to reflect on and interpret one's behavior and that of others based on intentional internal mental states. Yes, use and, and often used uh, with borderline personality disorder. So it can also mm. be used in combination with dialectical behavior therapy. But my understanding is like, um, you know, yeah. those that um, have a have a spectrum based disorder, like mental, like just from a uh, like a cognitive perspective, like they, there's difficulty mentalizing, right? Yeah, difficulty yeah. putting oneself, like again, going back to that Piagetian example, right? Sure. Putting yourself in another's uh, perspective, right? Is yeah. it? Am I? Am I? Yeah, this is right beautiful. about that. Yeah, yes, yeah. you're beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's a big thing, and and actually, like the Dalai Lama and some other sort of Eastern stuff has said that like having holding on to your personal identity is a delusion. And so that will be like, I kind of want to drop the mic there because yeah. I think it'll be hard. Like that's how deep they go into letting go a non-self because mm-hmm. the idea of self is delusional. So, you know, listeners, this is what we think about in terms of behavioral aspects of perspective taking. And sometimes a change of perspective is all that it takes to see the light. This has been When East Meets West. I'm Dr. Pete Economo. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin. Be present, be brave. This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Rubin. Content is for informational and educational purposes only.